Hello and welcome to the first episode of Grit, a podcast about persevering and betting on your dreams. I am Aki Vora and in this show I have conversations with some incredible Indians who have gone against the grain, taken risks, overcome adversity and have never given up on their dreams. In this episode, I talk to Rehan Poncha, an Olympian, Arjuna Awardee and swimmer turned golfer. Rehan represented India at the 2008 Beijing Olympics in the 200m butterfly. He was an Indian national champion for several years and his success in the pool earned him the prestigious Arjuna Award. After retiring from swimming, Rehan took up golf and is now training to compete on professional tours. When he's not playing golf, Rehan mentors young athletes, speaks about motivation at corporate events, and writes a travel blog. Rehan has been my close friend and mentor for almost 10 years now, and I learn something new from him every time that we speak. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I apologize in advance for the poor sound quality since this interview was originally conducted on Instagram Live. Hello! Hey, hey, how are you? How are you? I I loved my introduction, and uh, I I was watching everything, and I was waiting to see if you would make a mistake, because you said this is your first live, but it was perfect. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm glad. (laughs) Um, but so more people have joined right now. So hello to everyone that's joined. Thank you so much for joining. We're really excited to talk to each other because we haven't actually caught up in person in a really long time. Um, and I'm super excited to ask Rehan some questions about himself um, and his life. And he has so many cool stories that he shared with me. And hopefully you guys gain some insights that I have over the course of like the 10 years that I've known him. So... Okay, so before you start, Akanksha, because I've, I, you know, I've uh, tuned in, um, a lot of my uh, followers will join in and watch as well in a bit. So for okay. my my followers and people that are watching, uh, I'd like to introduce you as well, uh, if I may. So Akanksha is, uh, like she said, I've uh, we've known each other for 10 years. I trained her for a bit in, I think, 2014 and 2015, when uh, she went down to do some really amazing things. And uh, apart from that, uh, Akanksha is a national champion, national record holder. She is also the best athlete of the 2015 National Games. And she uh, went to Harvard to study and she's going to graduate next week and is already working in uh, a management firm in New York. So a lot of athletes uh, today, for example, myself, we always have to take a call um, when we are 16 and then when we are 18 to uh, decide whether we want to um, uh, we want to pursue sport at a high level, at an international level, or we want to uh, study and uh, take up a really serious, complex course. Uh, Akanksha did both and did both very well. So uh, that's why I felt that it is great that uh, we do a Q&A together because uh, apart from athletes, Akanksha, that are watching, there are a lot of parents and the parents of athletes who watch and will be watching to ask you questions really on your journey because I've been live all the time. So I think I'm an open book. Everybody knows uh, everything there is to know about me. But since you are um, here, we take the opportunity to to pick your brain and ask uh, ask you also once you're done with asking me questions about your experiences and everything you went through. So I think we can start and you can, I mean, you can go for it. Sweet. Awesome. Um, and like Rehan mentioned, we'd be happy to take questions at the end. So make sure you stay tuned. Um, so the first question I actually had was I was mentioning in the intro that you're one of the most successful people that I know. And a lot of the times when I hear 
people that I know, just conversations in general about successful people, it's often like, oh, they have it easy. Like they were just born with it and they were born with this X factor. And for me, that X factor always seems like grit and this stick to itiveness quality, but I don't think anyone's born with it. And you're someone I know that's very, very gritty and we've gone through so many ups and downs together. So I wanted to hear from you and I'm sure other people also want to hear about how you develop your resilience and your grit. Because it doesn't come easy, it comes through the highs and the lows. So I wanted to hear from you how you became so gritty. Okay, so... So you you started off with a you know that it, it's a nice, great question. It's a little difficult to answer, but I'll do my best. So for me, uh, Akanksha, uh, I uh, started swimming, uh, you know, to to heal unhealthy lungs and uh, weak lungs. And um, I, because I was always competitive as a kid, I it was only natural that I would take up the sport competitively. But uh, over the 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 by the time I was sixteen years old, I realized that I had. Um, a breathing issue, which is basically exercise-induced asthma. So, uh, and a lot of my competitors would surely not know that, but uh, from the age of 16 to the age of, till I retired really, I was working through a lot of breathing problems. And to add to that, one of my biggest struggles or challenges were that I had an allergy to an excess of chlorine. So, um, so, so from, from the start, I always had, had to work around or figure out ways to be good at my sport with my own, you know, uh, struggles. In the same way, athletes all over, you know, India, all over the world are good or great at some things and may not necessarily be good at some things. We all have our pluses, we all have our negatives. So for me, my greatest challenge was my breathing. And in, as you know, in a swimming pool, breathing is everything. Oxygen is everything. So uh, I, I believe that made me really uh, tough and also it made me a smart thinking swimmer where I had to figure out how to use tools that I had, which I was good at. For example, I was great with my upper body. My technique was good. My stroke mechanics were good. So I had to build on the positives that I knew I had and also figure out a way to work around my negatives. A breathing issue or um, it doesn't really go anywhere. You know, uh, uh, an error in your technique or something that you're doing may be wrong inadvertently through a, a year of training or several years of training need not necessarily disappear. But you have to figure out a way to basically make the negative less negative and the positive even more positive. So that's what I learned to do through my career and I got better and better at it. So at 16, I was really thrown uh, when I started feeling, uh, you know, a, a spasm in my in my windpipe or uh, would start coughing through a, a practice session because the, the pump manager of the pool messed up the chlorine. And I initially didn't know how to cope cope with that issue and I would go to my coaches you know complaining and also at the back of my mind always felt that this is a nice excuse I have to underperform in a race and uh, races like the butterfly um, which was uh, which was one of the hardest events that on you know on the swimming calendar you've raced it you've raced the 400 medley so you know how hard these events are uh, you need air and you go out of breath very easily and I did plus I had this little challenge that I had to face so because I faced the challenge and I understood how to get around it or work through it more economically with use of oxygen through a swimming race I I understood and with maturity over time that you can overcome your hurdles you can overcome your weaknesses they are never going to go away completely like 
people keep getting injured on one particular muscle i've seen athletes who constantly feel that if they push too hard in training they are going to get injured so the, everybody has like i said their own positives their own negatives we i over time figured out a way to get over or understand how to manage those negatives a little better which is why i believe i was fairly successful yeah i think that was awesome and i think that one thing that you definitely taught me is how to play to your strengths and then like chip away at your weaknesses but something right. that we don't do very often as most most athletes tend to be very type a or just generally people i think who are watching everyone is ambitious now everyone wants to get somewhere and it's very easy to constantly focus on the negatives but i think one thing right. that you've done successfully is actually go back and brainstorm what your strengths are what your strengths are and how to how to play to them so that's something yeah. i encourage anyone that's listening like if you have a chance to go write down like five strengths that you have um and make sure you build on them and capitalize them and don't always focus of course look at the negatives and see where you can um change and grow but something oh. that Zehan does very well and that he reminded me constantly was uh, when he was coaching me especially was to think about my strengths so definitely encourage and that helps to build grit and resilience um but that 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 yeah. was well into my next question was I I saw like a lot of people ask you about your physical training and what you do to stay in shape but I'm actually really curious about what you do to stay mentally in shape and I okay. think that like as 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 much as a physical like diet and what you consume through your food and how you exercise definitely matters but the kind of information that you consume what you read what you think the people that you surround yourself with make a big difference to your mental well-being and I think now more than ever especially during a pandemic there's the usual stresses of life and then there's this entirely different like playing field and stuff going on in the world that can be very stressful or like anxiety inducing so i was just curious i'm sure other people are about what you do on a daily basis do you have a routine that keeps you in balance when you have a bad day how do you deal with um some of your goals being thrown off track a few years because i'm sure a lot of people have school goals like wanting to travel abroad starting jobs that got delayed stuff like that so how do you when your goals move off track sort of bring yourself back on now and previously before the pandemic okay so previously before is um, what i would do with sport uh, and i'll answer that part first so uh, earlier when i felt like i have set a goal at the beginning of the year and i think to start off with it's very important uh, that we set goals a lot of athletes that i have worked with um, and not only swimmers if i'm doing say a mentorship for uh, for a tennis player a lot of young athletes especially work very hard but uh, when you ask them what their goals are for the season they 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 don't have a straight answer for you so they may have a vague answer as to okay i want to be top 10 or i want to improve my serve for example or i want to improve my start of a, on a running track but very few athletes are, are clear in their mind as to specific goals that they have set for the year so my, the the first you know bit of advice i would give and the that's something that i do and i do all the time is i'm very specific with the goals that i set and uh, i have learned that over time and i've also been taught that by several coaches over the years so uh, for for example if uh, at the beginning of a of a swimming season i have written down uh, all the events i want to compete at for the year and all the timings that i want to hit through that se- you know at the end of the year when i am ready to peak but what i've also done is i've broken down uh, the season into say six parts and i have further broken down my specific goals into further specific goals 
as more achievable targets along the way to get to that final goal so um, so if there's an athlete who says he wants to run a sub 11 seconds for example for 100 meter of course it's a very high level of running but that's his eventual goal for example so we work at trying to first get him to understand specifically what he wants to do up to the fraction in terms of a timing and then st- a goal smaller goals mid season say every quarter so in every every third month of the year goals that will eventually lead up to that final goal and i and the reason i feel this is very important for all of us really is uh, our, our biggest goals sometimes seem impossible and uh, they seem like it's they are very difficult uh, to achieve and then when we can't achieve them we feel like we've we've given up we've lost and we don't want to really continue but if you have these little uh, stepping stones along the way that you can achieve over a, a period of time which are which are in your grasp they keep you more inspired and motivated to try the next one and the next one and the next one so this is basic this is what i do i did it for swimming for example when i tried to qualify uh, for the olympics my timing target was 2 minutes so i and i was a 2 minutes and 5 second butterflyer so i couldn't uh, say okay i need to go from 2 minutes and 5 to 2 minutes Uh, and that's it i didn't have a 5 second drop in my mind every 2 months i had a 1 second drop that i wanted to wanted to hit it now i'm playing golf so the same thing it's the same thing with golf where i have this one eventual target of representing india again uh, at 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 this sport but you can't just make that jump in one go you have to break up your goals into smaller uh, targets so and it's the same with fitness really so coming to fitness because you asked how do you how do you stay mentally uh, focused when you got off track there were several times you know this we 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 get to uh, compete uh, very little and we get to face a lot more uh, uh, failures a lot more through our career so uh, and because of the nature of sport and how it is uh, you you tend to get off track a lot and uh, back on very little so i think um, one thing that always helps uh, to stay grounded even when you you uh, you failed is to to have that you know i keep going back to it to have that one thing uh, that you can put up on your wall in your room as the goal that you want to see happen for the for the year so even on a day or on a, in a month or two months where you feel that you've gone completely off track it's there to remind you that this uh, this is what you eventually uh, you want to achieve and you eventually have to achieve because you decided uh, uh, to achieve it and the, the other thing that i do and uh, this is the mental uh, uh, mental training that i do is whenever i feel like i need, i want to give up because it's hard or um, i mean i fail too many times i failed at the 200 meter butterfly four years in a row before i finally qualified and you know this um, but what what you keep reminding yourself of is um, moments in your career where you have been successful and i tell this to every kid that i coach today or mentor that uh, if he comes uh, come comes to me with low self confidence and he feels that it it's just not worth it the hard work is not worth it and he does not have it in him to achieve more you get them to remember a time in their career or a time when they feel feel that they truly were shining and they did achieve their goals and they did work hard and they were successful and the minute you remind yourself of the fact that at one point in my journey i was able to do this and do it well set a target set a goal and achieve it it it's self it's a way of auto suggesting to themselves though i am trying to make it happen initially that they are capable of good things and um, and whether you are a 12 year old or you are a 33 year old like me i keep doing that where i have many many more bad days uh, today at my at golf than i have good days but uh, on my bad days the one thing that brings me back to my goals and keeps me grounded are memories of the good days i had 
so these are things that i do outside of uh, isolation and uh, this whole situation and right now um, this is the second part of your question i just try i'm trying to keep it very simple in my mind i keep telling myself that uh, somebody has pressed pause and that's about it and i'm not looking at anything too far uh, in the future because you don't we don't know what's to come and uh, one thing that i do to keep mentally um, mentally sane is uh, i do work and though it's a physical thing i do work a lot on my fitness and everybody is uh, got videos out there everybody has advising get get to the gym do do cardio and i'm not going to say anything different but why i feel this is extremely important is you have to be happy with the shape you are in you know there is uh, there is uh, a, a, there is no one particular shape that a person needs to be physically and the world has uh, has stereotyped and the world has defined as to what is fit and what is not fit and so at the end of the day uh, what's important is if you work out for yourself you need to be comfortable and be in the best possible shape you can be in for yourself and not for others or not for social media so that's what i do and i i still i don't look like i looked when i swam physically and that's something you that still look great. Uh, sorry you still look great i still i still look great no but uh, it, it's again this is my little demon in my mind that i want to be as fit as i was when i swam now i know that is practically impossible because i can't do uh, the amount of cardio that i did in the pool but um, just to get into that sort of shape but uh, because i am fit and because i work on something that's important to me it keeps me focused on my my thing to do for the day so my thing to do and that's the advice i'd give everybody that's listening that if you were to like we broke up our goals into smaller parts if you were to break up your waking hours which is about 10 to 12 hours of the day into smaller parts my first half of my day is committed to myself whether it is uh, physical fitness whether it is a golf lesson with my coach uh, or you know anything that is for me and the second half of the day could be something that you do for somebody else or you reconnect with friends so that's what i am doing reconnect with friends that you haven't talked to for a long time so it, it this is a personal example but i just feel that um, if you were to if you were to be specific even during a time of isolation when we don't have too much to do but you still made your day specific and had a routine in place it would make it easier you know to distract your mind from the fact that we are on pause and that's what i am doing almost every day i do have bad days and when i do have bad days i go back to watching mainly uh, things that give me happiness make me laugh or reconnecting with my sport so i'm on youtube i'm watching golf tournaments and then i'm watching swimming races the olympics uh, you know alternating so you could be doing anything in life and you can watch the best people at that field do what they do and be inspired by it and i spend at least 2 hours of every day doing that for myself yeah for sure no this is awesome um I just want to go back to the first part of your answer again, and you you gave a lot of examples of athletes and breaking down their goals. But I know that you give a lot of corporate motivational talks as well. So just to point out to other people in the audience that may not necessarily be chasing like athletic goals specifically, but more career-focused goals, just to mention um, that this specificity and breaking it down also works wonders for any type of goals. So I want you to Absolutely. tell them that because. you're more believable than i am when i say that so you know uh, akanksha with the, uh, the the credentials that i put to your introduction i don't know who's more believable really uh, but uh, what what I'll, i'll tell you what because you mentioned the you know this the motivational speaking there is uh, one one topic in my uh, in, in in my talk that talks about the importance of having a strong team around you and uh, the importance of having mentors around you 
and uh, and uh, this is one of the reasons that i am successful at i think fairly successful at what i have done and what i will do in the future because um, and and it is because of these mentors that have taught me along the way to break up uh, your 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 big goal and your big journey into little bits and they stand by you over a period of time so because you mentioned that not everybody is an athlete it doesn't mean that i mean not on not athletes alone don't have goals and dreams everybody does and for everybody that um, feels that they need to have these specific goals they will be better at it at even making goals for themselves as the first step and then sticking to the process of achieving them if they have surround themselves with people that um, that find their success as important as they do right and uh, it could be a very small team of people you don't really have to have a big group of people around you but you have to make the effort to find those people and i'm going to repeat myself because i said it very quickly uh, it's is that when you when you make, first you have to make an effort to make your team and uh, those people are your go to's basically for everything uh, that you do in life but when you make that team you have to uh, decide who the people are Uh, based mainly on the uh, on the uh, on the one condition that when you're successful they will celebrate your success truly as much as you will celebrate it and uh, that's when you have a genuine team around you this is just my personal opinion and my team were my coaches uh, my support staff my physios my trainers my nutritionists my parents my best friends and uh, i was i've been very lucky to have that uh, that uh, group around me that has helped me along the way so uh, some people of that group helped me set those goals other people of the that group helped me get back on track when i you know got uh, fell off it uh, there were other people who just made me laugh and uh, and and see the lighter side of life and made me realize that uh, your world isn't doesn't have to revolve around only the olympics there's more to life than just winning at sport and uh, so everybody in your uh, circle um, that you have to curate and make for yourself uh, has an important part to play in your journey and um, for people who are you know they could be uh, we older than us they could be younger than us it's never too late to start you have to make that special effort to build your little team and uh, that's why i feel that i have done well at my life because of that i'm not very very social like you know i'm quite an introvert uh, i'm not uh, i don't have uh, 500 people uh, 500 friends around me though on social media i do i don't have them in 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 person but the ones that i do are my core team and uh, each one ha- of course i'm also giving back in some way uh, to them but each one i can go to each one for different things and uh, that's why i feel it's the importance of having a team importance of having mentors around you and people with a lot of goodwill for you is a, is 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 so important to re- reaching your goals quicker or having them be, uh, have, be being successful at some point in your life no i totally agree i think that some something someone told me a while ago was that you become the sum total of the five or six people that you hang out with the most and so you should choose right. them wisely because right. you also need people who will show you the mirror like you can't be surrounded by a bunch of sycophants that are like oh no it's going to be fine when you're doing something wrong or you're Absolutely. not living up to your goals like they need to you need to have people that will come and tell you that hey right. look like you need to pull your socks up right now correct um, and you know that those people have your best interests in heart so i i couldn't agree with you more and yes. i just have one last question for you before i let you take over and it was um a lot about going against the grain so something you've done is i know that there's a stereotype which is now going away which is the doctor lawyer engineer type of stereotype less and less so now but you just picked a whole new industry and i think you built a demand for athletes that become like corporate speakers 
um, and mentor young children and you created like this whole new industry for yourself. And so how did you find one, the courage to do that? I'm sure you found it from the people that you surround yourself with. But did you ever have doubts uh, like while taking these risks and then how did you deal with it? Now you're so successful. So obviously looking back, it was a really great choice. But at the time, not many people were doing this. So how did you find the courage to like take that leap of faith and like bet on yourself? I know we spoke about betting on yourself a few days ago and that's something you do really well. But um, how did you bet on yourself and how do you choose to do that? Uh, I I think I have to start off by saying that uh, it, it was courage more than uh, being uh, successful today. Uh, courage is what helps you do it. Uh, there's a huge risk involved because like you said, uh, once I stopped uh, competitive swimming, it was very easy for me to go into something more conventional or join a family business or do something that was uh, was there ready to, to have. And I remember in 2012, when I announced that I'm not swimming competitively anymore, I started golf. And uh, that at that point, I was not very, very serious about it. And I had a lot of, in fact, my own golf coach initially, the one who taught me golf, came up to me and said that uh, there are people who are ready to invest in setting up an academy for you in Pune, you know, and in Bombay. And uh, you can just start, a, 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 you know, your own swimming uh, academy and be set basically for life. And uh, that was a very, impo uh, I feel, a very uh, difficult call for me to take to say no and to say, no, I'm going to pursue another sport and I'm going to figure out a way where I can stay in touch with um, with my first sport, which is uh, swimming. And uh, the, 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 the way, I wouldn't say, it, it's still hard. There are days when I, I still question, seven years uh, later, I still question my decisions and um, I still uh, wonder if I made the right uh, choices. But... Um, the reason I was able to make those choices is because everything that I did or do uh, ha has uh, is, is set on a foundation of uh, love for what I do, I think. And, um, and when you are drawn to something that you love to do day in and day out, um, though it, it, it does not uh, present itself, the journey or the process does not present itself in the beginning, it eventually just pans out. This is what I uh, truly believe. So in 2012, I picked up a golf club and I said, I want to play golf now and I want to uh, play golf well. Um, and I turned down, like I said, several opportunities to have academies. But uh, because I, I missed swimming and I had a certain love for swimming, I, uh, I figured out a way where I could do both. So yes, I don't work around uh, the clock as a swimming coach, but I still am in touch and I get to work with some of the best swimmers in the country. And I always feel, and it may come off as arrogant, where I don't have a swim team to boast of, but I, get, I, have, I have gotten to work with so many amazing swimmers because of the nature of my work. And, uh, and then, because you, um, because you do everything from a space of passion for it or love, uh, things almost fall into place along your journey. So I've, uh, like I said, I've had an amazing team of people around me. You, you, you know a lot of them that have supported me through, uh, through my journey. And, um, and along the way, uh, you, you, you introduced me as four things. But if you look at the four things that I do, everything boils down to what I'm most passionate about. And everything else that I built around uh, my golf is still connected to sport. It's still connected to swimming. Yes, of course, the travel is, is not. But... Um, but apart from that, it's, it, it, it always boils down to finding something that you find a lot of joy in. And I kept saying this in one live and I irritated a lot of people because I kept saying, find joy, find joy, find joy. But it is true where um, it is because I, I love the pool that I go back to it and I don't go back to it as a swimmer. I go back to it 
to try and work with swimmers and see them find success in what they do and because i love sport in general i'm still playing golf and uh, the 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 other work that i have done is again because of the importance of people around me that have really uh, helped me uh, amplify uh, things that i am good at doing along, along the way but the 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 basic uh the basic foundation is always set when you set out to do something um is always set stronger if your decisions are made more from the heart and then from the mind so yes you have to use your head you can't go into something completely blind and say okay this is what i want to do and i'm not going to look at repercussions i'm not going to look at uh, 10 years down the line but at the same time uh, your initial uh, decision should come from your heart and uh, and and m- so many times we end up questioning it like i do 7 years uh, later um but uh, i come back to my goals and i come back to pursuing my journey because there was love initially and uh, that's it's it's as simple as that so for everybody that is that is looking to transition and i'm one of my questions is going to uh, to you is going to be about that and about transition is when you when you put in so many years into one part of your life for me it was swimming you put in two decades into it and then you decide to switch into another another something else that you're doing it 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 could be convention it could be doctor lawyer you know uh, you, like you mentioned or it could be bringing you back to something that you innately are good at but irrespective of where you go in life keep reminding yourself of figure out for yourself what you find or most joy in or what you're most passionate about and that's something that you will always be good at i had a and i'll end this answer with one little example i had a kid in in a school in fact my school i went back to speak at st mary's in bombay after uh, close to 15 years when i moved back to bombay and uh, one kid after hearing my entire talk asked me um, and he was i think all of 8 years old and he said okay rehan we've heard you for one hour but what do you do to make money you know so and the entire audience almost erupted and they found it very funny but you know the, the the kid's mind and he's obviously grown up listening to his parents and also listening to the world around him was tuned around okay you're doing everything for fashion but what about money at the end of it how are you going to raise a family how that was where his mind was going and I, what i said to him and what i said to say to people online who ask me you've been very lucky to pursue sport but what about your career i really believe this that if you're good at something and you love to do it eventually you will come back to it and when you come back to it and you do it well the money will follow success will follow so you don't start out doing something because you want to have fame and you want to have a lot of uh, money you start out doing something because you enjoy doing it and because you enjoy doing it success will come and because of success everything else will follow in in turn and uh, that's why it's very important to have your priorities right when you uh, you know start something on a, or a new journey for that matter yeah that ties really well into like where we started about courage and and, and grit and resilience right. is because you have to have that courage to say this is what i love and i'm going to go after it because it what it's what it's what gives me joy so i'm glad we came full circle so that was absolutely awesome. and then now i'm ready to answer anything that you have for me okay so uh, for those and i'm seeing a few more join in just now so for those of you and i have a few questions like i said in the beginning uh, those of you who have just joined in i'm speaking to uh, a, a national champion also a swimmer and uh, someone who is not only a national champion but is also graduated from harvard which is a very a rare thing to find where you're great at uh, academics and have managed to do that very well and sport and uh, and more more than listening to me i think there are people who are here waiting to 
listen to you and uh, i've been looking at some questions that have come uh, on but i'm going to go to mine first which is um, akanksha uh, i trained you in 2015 and we worked on if you remember on an event which was the 400 uh, medley where uh, it it required a lot of uh, thinking and using your mind and uh, a lot of swimmers that i teach i have to teach them how to be smart thinking swimmers uh, through a preparation or a season and one thing that i found uh, uh, very easy to do at my job was you uh, you pick that up very quickly and you almost doing it yourself so it didn't have to be uh, th- uh, you know thought through and i'm sure that uh, this didn't happen you didn't wake up one day uh, when you were 9 years old and were you know automatically good at it i'm sure you learned to do it along the way so in the same way i want to ask you there are several lessons like that that you have learned from your sport so if you had to pick one one lesson that you learned which helped you not only while you swam but also helps you today when you go out and work or uh, you go out and do anything that you choose to do uh, how does it help you and i'll tell you why because a lot of athletes we live a very sheltered life and we live a very close very close life i talked about a close small team few friends and the nature of sport is that we are so disciplined at what we do that we can't really go out and see the world so when we go out into the world a lot of us end up being very shy when we approach college when we approach work so i'm sure that you may have faced some of these things when you initially made changes from swimming to work or made changes from moving from india to abroad so maybe some lessons that you learned that you and which is why you feel sport is so important irrespective of whether you win gold medals or not wow that's such a hard question because it's so hard to pick just one but i I know this is sound like such a cliched answer, but I don't think there's any substitute ever for hard work. And if there's one thing that I learned from you and a lot of the coaches and the mentors that I have is that you have to work hard, but then you have to give some more. Like it has to get to a point where you're just giving your. You, once you leave the pool or you leave work or whatever it is, you should feel exhausted and drained. Like that's how much of yourself you have to give. Right. Um, and that that I feel like I was able to take from the pool from giving my all there. to my job and to the many internships that i had and a lot of the feedback that i got was after you go above and beyond and you just work really hard and eventually once you start doing it in one aspect of your life you don't necessarily have to start doing it as an athlete you can do it in your fitness goals at the gym with your trainer you can do it at you can start at your job itself but it transitions into other aspects of your life so you just have to give your 110% there's no substitute for that if you want to be successful you just have to go 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 and there are going to be hard days and some days you won't be able to give your 100% but something that one of our coaches at Harvard said is that you have to give 100% of what you've got today so if you've got 30% in you today of your optimal then give me 100% of that 30% you're not going to be at your optimal level every day and then that takes to you know when we have 60 meets 70 meets and you know that national games on goes on for days eventually you start to get little by little you It like chips away at you. By the time you reach the seventh day, you don't have a lot of gas left in your tank, and you have to learn how to give that hundred percent. So that's something that I've learned and taken away from me. And the other thing is to just have faith. Like there are so many times that you can work really, really hard and still lose because yeah. someone else has a better day than you, or you fall sick before the meet. So a lot of times when you go in life, you have to work hard because then there's some component of luck. or things outside of your control like you can work really hard for a job interview and not get it even though you thought you did your 110% your resume could look fantastic 
and you have to just have faith that the right thing is around the corner and your time will come so i think those are two things that i've learned that sometimes you just have to keep your head in your own lane and keep going and there are people that will be more successful than you one day not be more successful than you one day and you just have to live with that because sometimes like everything's not always going to go your way and you have to deal with loss and you have to deal with it with um just deal with it well and not be obnoxious about it and say okay well tomorrow is a new day and tomorrow is a clean slate so those are right. two things if i really had to pick that i've learned amazing i think uh, i think the two things that you said you know that really resonated with me is that you're not going to you're going to be successful but there are always going to be people that are more successful than you and you have to work on your thing and do your thing to the best of your ability this is something that even at, after uh, 20 years in sport i struggle with where uh, <clears throat> i i have goals for myself but when i achieve those little mini goals i'm then constantly comparing to people in my field that uh, then make my own success feel smaller and uh, and that a sort of uh, it it does the op- everything of the opposite of inspiring you to continue and uh, that's the learning that i uh, i mean you've you've uh, recognized that this is a learning from sport that you had that holds you in good stead for your uh, uh, through your career and it's something that i one of the things that i still find challenging honestly to do where uh, uh, so maybe i will and I, of course i will learn from uh, you where it comes to focusing more on what you have to do and your job i try to do it every day but then of course there's always a distraction of that world champion that's doing it better <laughs> so uh, so so that's some it's nice to hear that uh, there are there's more than one person going through this and um, and for everybody that's listening i'm sure that's you know something that they will take away so uh, coming to my next question uh, uh, we, we've been doing uh, the every sports federation in india i'm sure you're aware of this has been doing this knowledge series on zoom where they bring in uh, ex athletes they bring in uh, experts from different fields for their sport and we talk to coaches and we uh, and uh, we talk to co- young coaches mainly from that sport so it's like an education series that uh, we are doing i was a speaker along with the two other olympians uh, on one of the days of that series and uh, the girl that was with me was shika now you know shika shika tandan the olympian and uh, one of the things that she spoke about was challenges that female athletes face today in sport and uh, challenges that she faced uh, when she competed she's not competing now uh, she's working in the states but that she faced so that this is my second question that maybe one or two things that f- you felt you faced as a female athlete and how you uh, over- overcame it that's interesting so i actually never felt like i was different from my male teammates or um, i like you know a lot most of my training partners have always been boys uh most of my like my main coach you and um yogeshwar also male and they all of you guys have had a really big impact in my life ishan vedant were all males and so i recognize that i am in a very privileged position when i get to say that they treated me as equals and one of the things that they taught me was never to ask less for myself like we always get this thing that oh you're a girl like you shouldn't be this ambitious it doesn't look good stuff like that and the boys around me and so if any this is for men watching and women watching I'll get to it they always said that you know what Aki if I can do this why can't you if I can put my head down at the finish and not bleed for the last five strokes then what's stopping you um, and I would always be like if Ishan can do this why can't you or if Vedan can do this why can't you so I never felt like I was less than them and they always encouraged me to never say oh aki they would start like 10 seconds 20 seconds back maybe yeah of course they were we had different physical starting points 
but even then it would be timed in such a way that the end would be a head to head race and it would never be like oh actually i touched you out because you were a girl it was oh i touched you out because you made this mistake or you were able to beat me today because you did this thing right so for anyone that's watching for guys that are watching i've been so lucky to be surrounded by men um and boys that always told me that to ask for what i deserve and to ask for what i want and to all the girls that don't feel like they're getting that you should absolutely have the courage to say you know what this is what i deserve you deserve like i be, i am just I deserve to be treated like an equal, so you're gonna give me that courtesy. And there's no, you don't need to be rude about it or anything like that. If someone ever tells you, "Oh, you're a girl," that's why you're slow. Oh, you're a girl. That's why you shouldn't be on this team, and we're only gonna take men athletes. Like, yeah, you should stand up for yourself and in a very polite way say, "I understand that." But if you could give me more constructive feedback, like try to get it out of them. Say, "Why are you?" Aside from me being female. why do you think that i should, that i don't deserve this and a lot of time they will be stumped so make sure you have the courage to ask those questions but i have seen that sometimes they like in my now that i'm not swimming anymore and i'm retired i feel i feel more comfortable sharing this then i think sometimes the 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 balance between male and female like the ratio in the teams that they select is sometimes skewed towards men and that's disheartening but there's only so much you can do like i said in the previous thing that there are some things that are out of your control what you can do is your karma and you can keep working hard and of course the times are changing so there are many people that stand their ground and you should absolutely be one of them and say look i really deserve this opportunity sometimes you just have to raise your voice for yourself and say look yes. i deserve this this is unfair you're not treating me based on my skill level um and just stand up for yourself that's all it takes a lot of courage at first but eventually it's like you know how you jump into the cold water every day and every day it becomes less cold same way the courage and the, the that awkward feeling that you have first slowly dilutes itself and you become more and more comfortable saying hey look i really want this like can you help me get it and there'll be so many people for every one person that's putting you down there'll be five people that want to lift you up so sure. hopefully that that answers your question to some extent absolutely i'm not going to build on that i think you answered that brilliantly so that's i'm going to leave it at that and hopefully everybody who was listening listen, the girls that were listening will take away uh, from that answer um my i was going to ask you to give a uh, uh, parting advice at the end of this uh, q and a to young girls but i think what you just said is what they should take away really uh, with them that is a, a large part of uh, why i asked that question So uh, instead of that, I'm going to ask you. Yeah, I'm just going to repeat it once more because I said it really quickly. But you should sure. absolutely ask for what you deserve, and do not be embarrassed for it from your parents, from your coaches, from your teammates, from your boss. Like absolutely, go up there and ask. Um, you deserve nothing less than the best because you're working hard. Like one of the things that my coach at Harvard, sorry, I'm detracting, but this is important. No, no, of course, of course. One, one of the emails that she sent me was this article that said you're working really hard, and your male counterpart. will go up to their boss and say hey look like i'm doing xyz and women tend to shy away saying oh someone will notice that i'm working hard and i'm not saying all women do that and all male there's of course there's a stereotype but you should absolutely have the courage to politely and in a very humble fashion go and show someone the work you've done and be proud of it don't be ashamed of all the success that you have it's not boasting it's just telling people what you deserve and asking for what you deserve so absolutely do that and don't be shy I'm so glad you repeated yourself again uh and and hopefully we'll save this so more people can see it afterwards 
because I think it's it's uh, very important that female athletes uh, understand this, young girls understand this, and the thing I take away from it is ask for what you deserve, you know, and and uh, that comes only from uh, courage that you have uh, in yourself that you can go out there and be amazing too. So, um, like I said, I'm not going to build further on your answer. Your answer was brilliant. Um, and before we come to a few questions uh, from, from in the comments, my last question to you is, and this is mainly for parents, where a lot of um, a lot of parents in India, especially when you're in the US system, you've got, of course, you've got parents investing there as well. But kids are in college, kids are in school, and then colleges basically take over the kid's career, and they're, they're, they're helping them with everything. Uh, but in India, it, it's it took took pursue a sport and then to be good at it, it has to be a, a, a very strong unit of family that uh, for the most part, especially through your teenage years, that takes you to success. And we've all had that. We've had a lot of support from our parents, apart from our coaches, of course. And for the for the mums and dads watching here, what you did, I think, brilliantly, clearly, is uh, you, you swam uh, amazing and then you transitioned and then you went to college at Harvard and then you're graduating from Harvard. And I think this would be one of the biggest dreams or goals that most parents would have to see in their kids, that their kids do great at, at sport and then they do even better at academics. And um, so, so for the for prime, mainly the parents, not the kids. Uh, can you very quickly? I know it's very difficult to put uh, put fifteen or sixteen years of hard work into you know into two or three minutes. But uh, quickly talk us through the the the, uh, the transition really or the shift really from uh, from being a, a good athlete to being an, an excellent national uh, athlete and then using that to um, to go to college in the States, maybe with or without a scholarship, and then to build on your sporting achievements uh, uh, for your college life and further on. How you did that and what you felt you did well that helped you? Yeah, I think one of the things that actually helped me was, you know this about me, and I, I think you're similar in a way, is that I was really competitive, not necessarily with other people, but with myself. So an exam started and I got like some XYZ grade, I was like, no, I can do better than this. Like, I can absolutely try. And then I told my parents, hey, like, I want to get better at school. And they were like, okay, so this was when I was in the fifth grade. So I wasn't as capable of, you know, making an entire plan and narrowing my goals, like you said earlier. So they sat down with me and they said, you know what? So how do you get better grades? How do you go from like an 80 to a 90? And I said, okay, well, I have to study for half an hour extra every day. And they were like, where can you find the time? Like, what can you take away? So there was never any pressure from my parents at all, ever, with academics or swimming for that matter. So for any parents watching, like sometimes your child's goals might change, rule with it. Definitely ask them. Like, question, there were times when I wanted to quit swimming or wasn't as interested in school. And my parents never said, you have to do this. They'd sit and ask me, so what's, like, what's bothering you? Why is it like, why are you not enjoying this anymore? How can we help you change that? What are a few things that you can do? So make it a conversation with your children rather than you demanding because you understand them much better and they'll be able to get a sense of where you're coming from. So I think one of the things that I'm so grateful that my parents did was just have a conversation. They weren't my friends, but they were friendly parents. Like my mom likes to call it. She was a friendly parent. Um, and it was very open about what we wanted to do um, as a team. It was very much like the Voras wanted to do this together. It wasn't Aki kind of doing her own thing and my mom sort of doing oh. her own thing. Um, so that was like making our family a team. And the second thing I think goes back to all the people that I supported never said, why can't you have it both? It was never a choice. It was never made like you have to choose between swimming and school. It was always like, we're just going to make time for both. 
Um, and of course, you're gonna have to make sacrifices. Like I sat out my last nationals ever to take my school exams because that was important for college applications. And there were sometimes at school where I like, or sometimes where I got a bad grade on a test because I had just gone all out at practice and was so tired I couldn't think of the math when I went to school. So you have to take those little wins and losses, and there is going to be some trade-off and some opportunity cost. But for any parents watching, don't ever force your child to make that choice. Ask them why they can't do both. Like, what's stopping them from doing two things? And it doesn't have to be athletics and academics. It can be, I don't know, becoming a world-class pianist and doing well at school. They're all equally, um, like they all require the same amount of time and effort. So I think don't ever make it like you have to do one or the other. Like you can't have it all. Like you play golf and do so many other things on the side. So it's never a question of doing one thing and one thing only. And I think the last thing I'll end by saying is by encouraging your child to do a lot of different things to diversify their sources sources of happiness. If I was only swimming, then if I had a bad day, I would come back miserable. But because I was swimming, I was doing school, I was doing community service, and it was hard for me to have a bad day because if something went bad in one day, like in one aspect of my life, there were other aspects of my life that gave me a lot of joy and a lot of meaning. Sure. And so it makes you just this well-rounded person. And a happy athlete, I think, is the best athlete and the fastest athlete and the strongest athlete. So by diversifying your kids' like portfolio, quote-unquote, you will help them become just a happier, well-rounded person. And subsequently, they'll just be more successful. I don't know if that... That was a bit disconnected, but I think... No, no. Was most of it, it, was, it was perfect. I'll tell you why. Because uh, uh, a, lot of, a lot of kids, successful youngsters who are uh, doing a lot, you know various things are good at what they do because uh, it comes from within you know and then uh, and then there are some who uh, some things come from within and some things have to be taught you know for for example for me there were certain things that i did very well when it came to training and then some things i was just always reluctant to do and at that point uh, i was like like you said my parents asked me why and uh, uh, wh- why you know why aren't you doing it or or why can't you do it or why can't you do everything or why can't you do all of the things that are uh, that will help you with your sport or with anything that you want to do in your career so which is coming back to the importance of having a good team or mentors around you that uh, not only praise you but also question you and ask you why uh, and and not let you slip into a a, a sort of a comfort zone and uh, also i think that uh, so much focus is given to excellence in one thing today uh, whether it is sport or whether it is like the piano or anything that a, a kid picks up to do that there is so much pressure on that kid to do that one thing well that we forget that we can diversify and i'm coming back to that word again because uh, for me also um, i was a very happy swimmer when i was winning but i was a very very miserable swimmer when i was not and that took a huge toll actually you know on my own uh, mental makeup for a lot of the year when i had or a lot several years when i had a bad season time and again and at that point if i had made an effort when i swam to diversify and do other things uh, maybe i would go back to the pool as a happier athlete like you said so today it's it's different today i'm doing four or five things and everything that i do uh, uh, brings me joy everything that i do makes me happy so just like you said if there are one or two things that i feel let me down i have another two or three things that um, will will pick me up again and will make me happy and whether you're uh, doing it at my stage or you're doing it as a kid uh, it's great advice to give to parents where uh, you don't only focus on just one thing and make it the be all and end all of your kid's future and you have other things uh, that your kid can do 
uh, well, which makes him or her feel that they are good at something. And and over time, if uh, they, if it doesn't come naturally from them, that it like you said, at and the fifth fifth standard, it came from within. That how do I get from an X number of uh, marks to higher marks? You know. Uh, so in the same way. some kids do it and some kids need to be taught it but i think once you teach it to a child and make him understand the or sense that feeling of success from several things rather than just one thing you will find success so uh, um that was that was basic uh, pretty much everything i had to uh, i had to ask you uh, akansha i will uh, very quickly go through uh, comments and just randomly because we are running out of time and if we cross an hour you won't be able to uh, save this i think so wow there are too many comments to i uh, think <laughs> uh to find a question in there but i'm sure if there are people who have messaged you you can uh, uh okay i've actually got the challenge is how do i find the comments so i'm going it i'm looking through don't worry i'm i'm looking okay. through i'm scrolling uh, which is my my face is stuck into the camera but <laughs> it's unique uh one second hang on there was there was one that i definitely wanted to ask but i have to find it Yeah. Also, if people have questions that we haven't seen, if you want to post them again now, because I'm Instagram Live challenge. I have no idea how this works. Okay. These are comments. These are all just one second. Hold on. I'm going to find that question because, and I think we'll end with that question. It was quite relevant to what we were saying because, but I'm just trying to find it again. We have to go through quite a bit to find. Again, I forget. We are bringing in your audience from the states as well. And all of uh, everybody that you have invited to to watch this, <laughs> my so mother has invited everyone. You have many people that are very proud of you, and are calling you boss, and are saying what we said is inspiring. <laughs> we are so seamless. There are some very nice comments that you should read again once you save this, though, Akanksha. Okay, I am finding a little hard to find that question, but. Uh, so maybe if i don't we can just end with uh, okay so aryan aryan you know aryan makija right so yes, aryan has asked uh, Hi, uh, your, your your favorite race in your careers uh, in your career so you go first akanksha until uh, while you speak i may uh, maybe i look for another your one favorite race oh my god does it have to be an event or is it like an actual race that i swam i'm going to say an actual it can be anything something that yeah Um okay so my favorite race is the 200 fly my favorite event of all time is distance race sorry but one time i ended up swimming the 200 fly um i was at the bottom of the age group and my coach and i couldn't find the fifth event so we kind of said okay i'll just do the 200 fly for fun and i ended up winning that race and i'll tell you why it's my favorite it's my favorite because i that was the first time after a really long time i swam a race for fun and i realized that when you have no expectations you're the best kind of athlete and that race taught me something that i took through out that entire nationals one eight on eight gold medals but i took through my college career even is that sometimes you just have to have fun you have to enjoy racing you have to enjoy competing because of sure. course you should want to win but you need to have fun so that that race really taught me a lot so i think it's my favorite one so 200 butterfly wow i mean i the race <laughs> that, that has i i can for lack of creativity i'm not going to mention the 200 butterfly again but uh, one race that i'm going to you know <laughs> one race that that i i look back on and uh, and um, and smile at is i really uh, was terrible at um, at breaststroke through my career and uh, other than when i started swimming 
and I raced the relay. As funny as it sounds, I was given the breaststroke to race in a relay leg at the Medley Indian Relay for uh, at in Melbourne for a World Championships. And I raced a hundred, and my first fifty split for me when I was such a terrible breaststroker was amazing. I had never. Raced that fast in a 50 meter breaststroke before, and it was it was close to 15 years uh, from the time I used to do swim breaststroke well to swimming breaststroke so badly. So, like I said, that race didn't really mean anything to me uh, at the, at that point. But because I I had I went into it like you having fun at it, I surprised myself. So uh, I think that's that's a great takeaway to I think end this chat. Which is that uh, while you're, we are all so focused on our goals, and life is hard, and life is harder right now for some, and for the lucky ones, we we are just sitting at home and and uh, are grateful for, but also enjoying our free time. Uh, uh, it's it's important to have fun at whatever you do, and I think it shows through both of us. Uh, Mihir has asked one question. He's asked it to me, but I think that we'll uh, maybe I'll answer him offline because I'd really like you to um, save this. uh akanksha you've got rujita saying i remember that 200 fly so clearly there are and there are many swimmers here uh, akanksha who have tuned in and said it's nice to see us both uh, talk, uh you know doing this so i'm glad that we finally set it up and we uh, we had this chat uh, it since this is your life i'm going to leave you with uh, put the pressure and spotlight on you to <laughs> i do this enough uh, and and leave you with a quick one minute closing comment yeah absolutely first thank you so much for taking time out um to speak with me and to share this with everyone and to everyone that tuned in thank you so much i hope that this was helpful or inspiring in some way or another and obviously for me i was really inspired after listening to what you had to say so i'm glad we were able to do this and i'm sure that if you dm either of us we'd be happy to answer any questions that you have that we weren't able to get to um so have a great day and stay safe and keep well and stay indoors Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, we'd love it if you subscribe to our podcast. You can also follow along at archivora.com or on Instagram at gridbyarchivora. Mm-hmm.